Hallelujah. If you have your Bible, open with me to the book of Matthew, chapter number 7. <clears throat> I appreciate the Lord, the, the Holy Spirit, and how he works in our hearts and lives. I, um, today has been an interesting day. I, I had messages prepared this week to preach today. And last night, I began to pray, and the Lord told me that I didn't have the right message for this morning. And so he, he showed me what to preach this morning. And then I got home this afternoon and the Lord is sending me another way this evening. So y'all pray that I can follow the Lord well. Amen. Um, we, good to have the, the, uh, Brother Whittemore here tonight and Brother Hutchins here tonight. And um, we'll have baptism after the, um, after the service. And, um, and so we'll, we'll, while we get... Um, ready for the baptism. Um, we'll have a song saying, and then these two missionaries will give us an update. So if I can have the, the, the plates at the door, um, we'll give a love offering as we go out and divide it among, among these two missionaries here. Um, here in Matthew chapter number seven, verse number 21, 22, and 23. Let's pray. God, would you speak to our hearts tonight? Lord, if there's anybody here in our presence that's not saved, would you deal with their heart? Would you show them that they need to believe on Jesus Christ? Please don't let them die and go to hell. Lord Jesus, draw them in your loving kindness and your great mercy. And Lord Jesus, may tonight be the night that they'll get saved. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Uh, tonight I want to share with you some Bible verses that changed my life. On July 2nd, 2006, it was a Sunday, I walked into church lost. And, and, and my friend, I, I, was, I was a very wicked individual. I was horrible. I went to that church that night, the Pleasant Grove Baptist Church in Trenton, Georgia. And the pastor was Brother A.C. Durham. And he called a preacher from the floor who was from Texas. And he, and he asked the preacher to preach the message that night. And, and the preacher preached a message titled, do you have profession or possession? And here in the South, we go door knocking and out witnessing the folks and they could be smoking dope, selling drugs on the street, ready to commit murder and they'll tell you they're saved. They will. They'll tell you they love Jesus and they're walking with them and that they're saved. And, 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 and I'm concerned tonight because there's a difference between having a profession and between having possession. Roman, or in Matthew chapter number 7, verse number 21 through verse number 23, let's read. This is the Son of God talking, so he has the authority to say these words. This is not my opinion. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many, do you see that? Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name have done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. As far back as I could remember, my mom and dad took me to church. 
And I grew up hearing about Jesus Christ and how he died on the cross to save us from sin and from hell. And I always believed that it was true. I always believed this was the word of God. I always believed that Jesus is the son of God. I always believed that God is holy and that Jesus was innocent and virgin born. There was no part of this that I did not believe. But yet I was lost. Something was missing. I agreed with my mind that this was true. I would stand on the street with my friends while we were drunk. And I would argue with them that there was a God. Yet I wasn't saved. I always believed that these things were true. The Bible says in the book of James, Thou believest there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Believing that this simply is the Bible, or believing that this simply is the truth, Or believing that simply that Jesus did come and that he died and was buried and rose again is is not salvation. Jesus said here, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name have done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I don't want to get ahead of myself tonight, but but I would like to present to you that salvation is not that we believe about Jesus. Or that we know about Jesus. But salvation is that we know Jesus. It's a relationship. It's a personal relationship. It's not, a a prayer has never saved anyone. But millions have gotten saved through praying. Words have never saved anyone. But millions have gotten saved by using words to speak to God. Good deeds have never saved anyone. People don't get saved by people. Only Jesus can save. And so as we look in this text tonight, I just want to speak really simply and and just ask this thought, are you saved? Do you know Jesus personally? Is he in your heart? Do you have profession? Do you say that you're saved? Or do you have possession? Do you know that you're saved? I'm so thankful to be saved tonight. But there was a time that I was not saved. I remember as a 16-year-old, I had gotten stabbed three times. And I could have died that night and went to hell. And through the tender mercy of our God, I didn't. And I'm so thankful to the Lord. I'm so thankful that I had a grandma that prayed me out of Satan's snare. I'm so thankful that one day a preacher came and preached this truth to me and it turned on a light in my heart and mind and that God drew me with conviction that night and that I got saved. Not everyone 
that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Notice it said not everyone. So there, there, are, there are those who, who, who do call him Lord who will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But not everyone. It says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Now what could this be talking about? We're not saved by works. We're not saved by tithing or or good deeds, or, or anything like that. So, so what can this be talking about? But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Look with me in the book of John, chapter number 6. John, chapter number 6. Verse number 29 Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. What does it mean to believe on Jesus Christ? It means to rest your soul, your eternity, your hope on him the same way that you're resting, sitting in the pew. Just as you sat in that pew and trusted it to hold you up, it means to rest on Jesus Christ. To believe upon him that his death, that the shedding of his holy blood, and that his resurrection can save you and me from hell. This is the work of God, the Lord Jesus Christ said, that you believe on him whom he has sent. Then if you'll look with me in verse number 40. The Lord Jesus Christ is still talking. And this is the will of him that sent me. That everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Here we did. We, we done bumped into another Bible verse that smacked Calvinism in the face. Amen. This Bible verse teaches us right here. That every person that sees Jesus Christ for who he is, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, every person that realizes he's Lord and that they're a sinner and they need salvation, when they go to him, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Look with me at verse number 37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Maybe you sit there tonight wondering, well, if I go to him, will he save me? Well, he said he would. And he can't lie. Titus chapter number one, verse number two, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. God wanted you and me to get saved so badly. He sent his son from heaven, nailed him to a cross and allowed him to be slain and spit on and mocked and hated and ridiculed to save you and I from hell. All the people in hell tonight, Jesus died for them too. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my father, which is in heaven. What is that? That's to believe 
the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's to believe on the Lord, to trust him for salvation. Notice verse number 22. Well, we see in verse number 21, don't let me get ahead of myself, that God has only one way of salvation. And it's very clear. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by him. There's no other way of salvation. Oh, I've heard it. I've got an uncle who said it. Me and God got a deal worked out. No, you don't. No, you don't. God chose the way of salvation. And it's Jesus Christ. And he is the way. That means there's only one way. He is the truth. That means there's only one truth. And he is the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by him. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many, many, what a sad truth. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. We see that these people, they're, they're, they're resting on themselves, what they said, what they did, and that it will be many of them. God forbid that there's somebody here tonight like that. My friend, if you're resting on something that you've done or on some merit that you have, I plead with you, do not be deceived. You may be a good person. You may help people. You may give a lot of money, but you are not saved by that. The only way of salvation is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Look with me in the book of Ephesians, chapter number two. Ephesians chapter number two, verse number eight. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's nothing I could do. It's nothing you could do. It's a gift. It's a gift. But you know what you have to do with a gift? You have to receive it. You have to accept it. And the Lord Jesus Christ offers that salvation to whosoever will. But it's not simply by, yeah, I believe that there was a Jesus and he died. It's not simply by just agreeing. No, no, friend, it has to become personal. We have to go to him. We have to believe upon him. We have to trust in him. He's a personal savior. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day. Can you imagine the horror? Can you imagine the sadness? As these people are there before the Lord, trembling in fear. Because they're being judged. They're not being welcomed into heaven. But they're being judged. They're being turned away. They were deceived. Who deceived them? The thief that cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. 
false doctrine, false churches. We need to listen seriously to the word of God. Jesus said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Well, all those that realize they're a sinner and recognize that only Jesus Christ can save, all those that are willing to repent, that means to turn to God from idols, and all those that are willing to receive the Lord Jesus Christ by faith, oh, those will be saved because he promised. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But that calling there, that's not simply just praying empty words in a prayer. No, my friend, that's seeing a need in your soul. That you need deliverance, that you need forgiveness, that you need salvation. And when that person who sees that need calls out to God, God promised to save them. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. In thy name done many wonderful works. I'll never forget street preaching on the street in Clemson. And this lady walked out of a bar with alcohol in her hand, tears running down her face. And she walked across the street and talked to us for 45 minutes. I'm telling her the gospel and she's just agreeing with everything I said until I got to... For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And she said, oh, no, no, I'm not a sinner. I couldn't believe it. I, I, I almost wanted to laugh. I thought she was joking. She actually told me she's not a sinner. She said, I'm a nurse. I help people. I said, ma'am, God's not offended by the fact that you help people. He's offended by the fact that he's holy and you're not. And we need his forgiveness. These people, they thought what they were doing cleared them. It doesn't work that way. I have no other argument. I have no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died, that he died for me. Verse 23. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew you. Look with me, if you will, in John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Very, very, very popular passage of scripture. Verse number 27 through verse number 30. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Well, my friend, there's eternal security right there. They shall never perish. If God gave us eternal life and we can lose it, we never had eternal life. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Look with me in John chapter 17. One of my favorite Bible verses. 
For those wondering tonight, am I saved? Am I not? Well, I don't want to, I don't want to make you doubt. I want to strengthen your hope. And your hope and my hope should be in the word of God. Verse number three. And this is life eternal. So here you go. This is what eternal life is right here. That they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Do you see there's a relationship? Jesus said in John chapter 10, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. And they follow me. Then he said here, this is eternal life that they might know thee, the only true God. They know each other. But right here, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. That person is the one who has believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Many, oh, how sad. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works. The whole time they're ignoring the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. My friend, do you know Jesus? Does he know you? Do you have just organized, dead, stale, vain religion? Do you just have a list of rules that you live by? Or do you know the Son of God personally? And have a relationship with him. That's what he offers. He said, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. My friend, tonight, there's only two places to go. There's heaven and there's hell. We sing about heaven tonight and how sweet it's sounding. And a better place to go. And and there will be a happy meeting in heaven, I know. Glory, hallelujah. My mama's up there. My father-in-law's over there. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Look with me in the book of Psalms. Psalm 9 I'm asking you tonight, my friend, to be honest with yourself and with God. Psalm 9, verse number 17. The Bible said, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. Hell is real. Not only is hell real, but hell is forever. The Lord Jesus Christ told us of a rich man who died and went to hell. And for the last 2,000 years, he's been there. Hell is for a reason. And the reason is because they did not receive the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. Hell is certain to every person that does not receive the Lord Jesus Christ. But hell is not meant for you. 
Hell was created to judge the wicked angels that rebelled against God with Satan. But if you read through Matthew and through the book of Luke, you'll find that those people who were rejected are told, depart from me, you curse it into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Hell is an awful place. It's not a place of a party, but it's a place of regret. It's a place of screaming and crying and agony, a place of pain. Oh, and it's a place of prayer, but the prayers are never heard. It's a prayer, a place where the songwriter said that the fire burns all night because there is no day. It's a horrible place. Hell is a horrible place. Yep. Amen. May I say this? Hell is a place that once you arrive there, it cannot be escaped. But it can be escaped today if you will believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. My friend, I plead with you tonight. I realize that if you're here today and you're not saved, that the devil is at your shoulder. And he's telling you not to listen to me or that you got plenty of time. He's giving you reasons not to listen to anything that I'm saying. But I want to tell you that the Bible says those that are not saved, that the wrath of God abides upon them. And what that means is that the moment that they die, there is no scale that weighs out their good and bad, but they open their eyes in hell. I'm preaching to the religious tonight that have religion, but, but no relationship with the Son of God. I'm preaching to the guest that may have walked off the street that I've not seen and I don't know your name. I'm here to tell you tonight that Jesus Christ shed his blood to keep you and me out of hell. And that all that come unto him by the name and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ can be saved. Look with me in the book of Acts. Acts chapter number four. Verse number 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. My friend, if we are to be saved, it must be the way that God designed. He said, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. And though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. The gospel of Jesus Christ can purge it all away. Revelation 1.5, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. If you'll look with me in Acts chapter 13. Beginning in verse number 38. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, all that believe are justified from all things from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, 
lest that come upon you which is spoken of in the prophets. Behold, ye despisers, and wonder and perish. For I work a work in your days, a work which ye, which ye shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. My friend, tonight I declare unto you the gospel. The message held that the Lord Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. He lived for 33 years as a sinless man on this earth. He was God and man in the same body. He did mighty miracles and, and he did things that proved he was very God in the flesh. He was despised and rejected of men. He preached the truth. He healed the lame. He healed the blind. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. And the religious crowd, they hated him. They nailed our Lord to a cross where he cried out, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He prayed for me and he prayed for you so that we might not go to hell. Hallelujah, glory to God. And three days later, after he died, he rose again by the power of God. And the Bible says this is the gospel. And the Lord Jesus Christ sent it to you and me that we might be saved. But yet we just read that the prophet spoke there will be those who hear and they'll mock and they'll scoff and they'll reject. There will be religious crowd who will say, Lord, Lord, I did all these good things, but, but they didn't believe the gospel. Our dear brother, Brother Cl Clifford Stewart, he's in heaven. But he told me his own personal testimony that he sat here in Tabernacle Baptist Church for three years before he got saved. And he did not believe that he was a sinner until one day Dr. Seitler preached the gospel and it showed him in that specific message that he too was guilty. Glory to God, he got saved. I'm wondering tonight, you see my friend, I did not intend to preach this tonight. But as I walked through my house this afternoon, the Holy Spirit stopped me and told me to go another direction. Somebody here needs to get saved. And I'm burdened for you tonight, my friend. And I plead with you not to listen to Satan. Not to go down that road. But to turn to the Lord and be saved tonight. The book of Titus, chapter number 3. Verse number five and six. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. My friend, July 2nd, 2006, I walked into that church, a punk thug, a smoker, a, a dope smoker, a, a drinker, just a wicked thief, a heathen. And I heard the gospel preached that night in my heart that was hard as a rock that you would pick up off the street, melted. 
at the convicting power of God. And that night, around midnight, I bowed before the God of heaven and he saved my soul and he changed my life and he could do the same thing for you. Hey, my friend, it's real, amen. He's alive and he's well. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus saves. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But verse 19 is the heartbreaker. And this is the condemnation. That means this is why people die and go to hell. That light has come into the world. Who's that light? Jesus Christ. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. My friend, I plead with you tonight if you're not saved, would you come find Jesus at this altar? Would you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ and be saved? Let's stand, every head bowed and every eye closed. Preacher Aiken, we, I got to get ready for baptism. Will you come take the invitation for me? Let's pray. And Lord Jesus, may the will of the Lord be done in this hour. Would you bring salvation to that lost soul that is here? Deal with every heart. And may your perfect will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. If the Lord touched your heart tonight and the Spirit of God has brought conviction to your heart, do you need salvation? We invite you to come. Trust the Lord Jesus. Somebody will take the Word of God and point you to the Lord. You'll obey the Lord. While we sing, Brother Hobart. Wandered far away from God. Now I'm coming home. The paths of sin too long I've trod. Lord, I'm coming home. looking around, let me ask this question of you. 
And uh, you've probably heard this before, and I've heard it many times and asked it many times. But how many of you know for sure if Jesus came tonight or you were to breathe your last breath that you'd go to heaven? Would you put your hand up way up high? All right, thank you. God bless you for that sea of hands all over the building. Now, my question likewise is, if you could not raise your hand, would you ask for prayer even now by lifting your hand and say, pray for me? I don't know that I'd go to heaven. I don't know that I'm saved. I haven't trusted Christ as my Savior. Pray for me, anyone, anywhere. All right. God bless you. So you wanted to have these missionaries? You can be seated, please. Uh, Pastor, Pastor McBriar asked me before the service, he wanted Brother Whittemore and Brother Hutchins to come up and give just a few minutes about the work, and then he'll have baptized in just a few minutes. You'll come ahead. Brother Hutchins, you'll go ahead and start us, please, and Brother Whittemore can finish. Amen. And then uh, Pastor McBriar will be in the baptismal pool. Brother Hutchins works uh, in the Midwest and Far West uh, in uh, struggling churches and also establishment of churches as well. And uh, Brother Whittemore is director of Anchor Baptist Mission Board in uh, Pisgah Forest, North Carolina, Brother Randy Barton and the Anchor Baptist Church. We appreciate both these men, graduates of our Bible college and uh, now been in the ministry many years in various fields. We're glad for them to give a word testimony tonight. Well, Tabernacle has a very special place in my heart. I started here in 1979. I surrendered to missions, started the Bible college in 79. I was accepted by Macedonia World Baptist Missions in 1981. I graduated in 82. Uh, 84, we went to Jamaica for 26 and a half years. Four churches started. I know three of them are still going, Brother Whittemore. I had the privilege for him to come and preach for us in Spanish Town, Heritage Baptist Church. In 2011, they put me and my wife on a hit list, come to kill us, and the government says you can stay and die or live and leave, so we chose to leave. And then in 2011, Macedonia asked me if I'd be the Western Church Planning Director at that time, I was covering 19 states, had 28 church planters out there. And in, when I turned 70, they cut me to 13 states. And when I turned 72, I wound up with 19 again. And now I'm 78, I've got 13 states back. I've got 16 church planters. And I go out every year. I just got back uh, from out there. Uh, I started in North Carolina, wound up in Montana, back through Wyoming, North Dakota, or South Dakota, Kentucky, and back here. Then I got on an airplane and flew back out for 10 days, drove about 1,100 miles in seven churches in three states. I try to help them start churches, uh, not only help them get started, I go to churches that don't have pastors and uh, try to encourage them, try to find them pastors fill the pulpit, do whatever, work on their buildings, uh, knock on doors, whatever needs to be done. And so uh, I just went out for 10 days and carried a young preacher that's praying about the Lord's will. 
uh, what God would have him to do. The door is wide open out there. I mean, there's places and they've got churches that's closed down. I went to 10, uh, uh, was in South Dakota. We went to about 10 or 12 towns, found churches. The doors was closed on and didn't have no pastor. So they just closed the doors and that breaks my heart. And I can't be in all those places at one time. But uh, when the snow starts falling, I head back east. We live in Georgia. When we're here, we're originally from North Carolina. And I do thank the Lord for your new pastor. Well, I'm excited to see what God's going to do through him. Just pray for him every day to lift him up before the Lord. And I want to ask you if you would pray for my wife, Miss Evelyn. Some of you know her. Uh, she's got face and shoulder surgery in the next few days. She's got two tires in her shoulder. And so that's the reason she's not with me. But she always looks forward to coming here. And I do want to ask you please to pray for her and then pray for the Northwest as I try to find new people. This coming summer, I'm wanting to get some young preachers that are serious about missions and take them out there and, and do some touring, show them the need. And I want you to pray for us if you would. And we love you, and just thank God for what he's going to do at Tabernacle, and may God bless you. Brother Whittem. Well, what a joy to be back at Tabernacle. <clears throat> this is like home to me, having been on staff here for about 17 years, and Lord blessed, and I love it. And I'm serious when I say that. Uh, and my, my, have we, I doubt, I don't know this, but <clears throat> I doubt if there's been a member of this church prayed more and more fervent and sincere for a pastor. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, I'm glad you got a pastor. Amen. I felt like a load lifted off of me when I heard you'd elected a pastor. I mean, we prayed every day and I, I owe much to Tabernacle. I came here, I'd never Never hardly seen a missionary. I don't reckon I had seen a missionary. I'd, I'd, <laughs> but God put me here and everything I know and everything I'll ever be, I owe much to Tabernacle. And Dr. Silent was like a dad to me and I loved him. And the, just to be around on these grounds, uh, what a blessing. Director of the home there 13 years and I'm around here about 17 years, I guess. And, but you know, I was thinking a while ago, I've been where I'm at now, 23 years plus, <laughs> as director of Anchor Baptist Missions International. Well, not that I'm any, I, I'm like Paul. In fact, I've just adopted a verse there out of Second Corinthians chapter three. Paul said, not that we're sufficient within ourselves to even think anything of our sufficiency, but our sufficiencies of God. And verse six says, who made us? Able-bodied ministers or able ministers of the New Testament. Aren't you glad he's in the making business? I thought a while ago while the preacher was preaching, he was made sin. He didn't sin, but he was made sin because of me and you that we might be made righteous. And that's the only way you'll ever get to heaven is to accept his righteousness. And I'm glad we're wrapped in his righteousness. And But I never dreamed of, I'm just a dumb old country boy. Who would ever dreamed of, uh, and I started with Anchor. I think we had about six missionaries, and that's, we had a situation come up. Uh, six Filipinos came here and didn't have a place to go, and so we started helping. And now we've got 60 under the board and support 229. 
Who had ever dreamed of such? <laughs> but God, he's got it. But let me just tell you this, since I'm here uh, with, about Tabernacle, uh, you know, here back, oh, I don't remember when I come back from India, I was here and uh, they're, they're naming an orphanage after me. Uh, it's um, 150 orphan children bed and uh, of course, y'all saw the banner and all. I'm, I'm not worthy of that. I know that. But he said, God said, do it. But this is what something happened since I was uh, showed you the banner. Two of the girls I had in the home, and I'm, uh, I'm not allowed to mention who. Uh, the man that done this, he said, don't ever mention my name. I, don't, I was going to make him a plaque or something, you know. He heard and by the way, one of those girls is in Belize as a missionary. The other one is, uh, she's a principal of a Christian day school, been there for years. And uh, their brother, now he never was in the home, but he had, I guess he's had a pretty successful business evidently. Uh, he sent me $50,000 in $100 bills in a bucket <laughs> for that orphanage in India. What a blessing. Uh, I, I ain't worthy of that, but God's, God's worthy. And I'm so glad to be saved and to be in service. I'm, I've been preaching 60 years. I'm 82 years old. Just got back from Bolivia <laughs> not long ago. Dedicated uh, a new school building there. The Lord's helped me to raise money for. We built two beautiful churches. That makes five in India. I didn't plan this. I guess we built 15 I just sent last Friday the remainder of a building I preached over there just almost weeks ago now, maybe a month or so ago. I was in the Philippines for three weeks, and I preached under an eight by ten piece of plastic tarp tied to three trees in the corner of a hut up a mud hole, and God burdened my heart. And we found a building, a two-story building with a concrete uh, parking area, I, I mean, a beautiful inside need some touch up outside but beautiful inside and got it for $54,000 and it's paid for what about that that's the God we serve you'll never put him in a hole in his wheel when and I've tried to learn and here's what I do when God puts something in my heart I say okay Lord I'm gonna step in the river you let him across Jordan you're gonna you're leading and I've learned, and I'm nothing, but I've learned to follow him and just watch him, and you'll never get used to watching God because we can't do it. But aren't you glad the things that we can't do, what is it, Luke uh, 27, 8, no, it was Luke 18, verse 27, the things which are impossible with man are possible with God. And the key is in the first verse of that chapter, men ought always to pray. And if we'll just pray... There's nothing in the will of God. And I love Tabernacle. And I appreciate every, I know you've supported me all these years. And I, but I'm so, th thank you for that. But I, I'm so happy. I mean, happy, happy. <laughs> that you got a pastor. And the devil will have to shut up now, won't he? <laughs> Amen. Thank you. I appreciate it. Amen. Amen. We love you.
Okay, so we have Elijah here. We're supposed to have eight baptisms tonight, but um, Miss Lee Collier, she um, contacted Mary and said that she's sick tonight, so we'll have to baptize her at another time. So I believe we got seven baptisms tonight. So this is Elijah. Elijah, here, let's go like this right here. Young man, have you believed on Jesus Christ for salvation? And you know that Jesus is in your heart? All right, my brother, well, upon your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. He's a short one. He went straight to the bottom. <laughs> for salvation and you know that Jesus is in your heart okay Alyssa upon your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ I baptize you my sister in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Ghost chair because they'll go under the water before they get dumped. So, All right, Josiah, have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation? Yes, sir. And you know that Jesus is in your heart? All right, my brother, well, upon your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost. Do you know that Jesus is in your heart? All right. Well, Lizzie, upon your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Jacob here, Brother Will Knox's son. Jacob, have you believed on Jesus Christ for salvation? Do you know that Jesus is in your heart? Okay. Well, Jacob, upon your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 
It's not very warm in here. They, they filled this thing this morning and our dear brother, Micaiah Ruckman, turned the heater off after church. I told him we were going to have to church him tonight. I'm joking. <laughs> All right, we have Noah here. Noah, have you believed upon Jesus Christ for salvation? Amen. Do you know that Jesus is in your heart? All right, well, upon your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, we got one more. We got Micah here. Micah, when did you get saved? October 11th, last year. Praise the Lord. And, and you know that Jesus is in your heart? Yes, sir. All right, Micah, well, upon your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. Brother Esher, when you can come on up. Do, do we got any more? Do we got any more up there? All right, I think we got them all. Um, this is going to be kind of an awkward church church business meeting. I'm going to do it from the baptismal. So I'd like to call the church into conference. <laughs> Amen. Well, praise the Lord.